already have in both what we already possess and also what we have internally, you know, what we're, we're made of. And we're going to uh, be looking at some, some different topics, and I hope to, as we start putting all these pieces together and start building this foundation, that um, maybe in next four or five months, we'll start be able to put some of this stuff into action and really start to see some results of what we're learning and really make it make it come to life. And uh, we're going to be looking um, at a, another Bible example today. It's going to come from Matthew 8 and chapter 5, and it's also another account is in Luke 7, 1 and 10. Let's go to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be here, the opportunity to be able to speak your word today, Father, just to see what you have for us. We'll open our hearts and minds, Father, so we can receive it, take it in, digest it, be able to use it, Father, etch it on our hearts, and allow us the, the strength to be able to put it into play. I ask you to take myself out of the way, Father, and just let your true message shine through. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. All right. Um, why are we here today? Now, we could list off all kinds of reasons, but I hope that it all circles back to one thing, that we want to have a stronger relationship with God. Church isn't about gathering in a building. Reading the Bible isn't about learning. Everything is about having a strong relationship with God. And, of course, we can come with all kinds of cookie-cutter reasons why we would want to have a relationship with God. And we can say, well, because, you know, that I love God and God loves us so much and we want to be obedient and we want to love Him. But it all comes down to really why we have all of our relationships. You know, we're human. We're selfish. We do things. So let's, let's be real here. Relationships are about benefits. We have relationships with each and every person we have relationships with because we have a benefit from it in some way or another. You know, of course, like our, our spouses, they, they complement us. They have, we have our strengths and weaknesses we can play off of. Um, but even in that, like our friends, we like them because we like to hang out with them. They like what they make us laugh. They do different things. They have there's benefits there. And even as we keep going out of our relationship circle and we go to different different things, even people that we don't really have a real strong connection with, perhaps maybe even someone that we know through someone else. Like if you're going to Go buy a new car, for example. You may would want to deal with someone you've dealt with in the past. Or you may deal with someone that someone else that you know has dealt with and has a positive experience. Even though you don't know this person personally, you've never had an experience with them, you know someone else has. So there's already some form of a relationship there. And you have that connection because they've done business with someone else. And this could be a car salesman, a contractor, um, or anything else. So, many times we 
I said, we're going to keep saying it over and over again because that's how we learn. We keep doing things over and over again because it becomes fact. God is our source. He is our source of everything. And, of course, we want him to meet our needs. And God wants us, God wants us to come to him with our wants, with our needs, and he wants to meet our needs. Think about it if you have children. They have needs and wants that they come to you with and want you to meet. And of course, we want to meet them as a parent because we like to see the joy that it brings. That's why we'll spend countless dollars on different things for their happiness. That's why we'll take our time. That's why we'll walk around the yard 80,000 times so you think you're going to fall down because it's making our children happy. God feels the same way about all of us. We are all his children, our, his sons and daughters, and he wants us to be happy. Now, the thing is, much like in a family dynamic, there are certain things that need to take place for this interchange of giving to take place. And God has made steps that we need to follow in order for us, for us to reap the benefit of being his sons and daughters. And this is why we need more than just a knowledge of God, we need to have a relationship with him so we know what he expects. So we know how to get what he has for us. Same way, our children learn what they need to do and other and, and to make it more attainable for them to get things from the parent. They know if they do their chores, if they keep their grades up, if their behavior is good, they are much more likely to be able to reap the benefits of the things they want to do that only the parents can give. If they want to be able to stay out longer and go and do things, they have to show some responsibility. Now, we're not so much a, a behavior-based but we, there are certain things that God tells us that we need to do for our own good, just as much as our parents tell us we need to do things for our own good, and also to follow the laws that God has implemented that make things work every single time. We need to know what is expected. So let's look at an example. And uh, we'll use Matthew's version to Matthew 8 and we'll start in verse 5 and when Jesus was entered into Capernaum and there came into a centurion beseeching him and saying Lord my servant lying at home sick of the palsy grievously tormented and Jesus said unto him I will come and heal him and the Shurion answered and said, I am not worthy thou shalt come under my roof, but thy speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. 
And I must say to this man, Go, and he goeth. And to another, turn the page, Come, and he cometh. And to my servant, Do this, and he doeth. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found such great faith, no, not in Israel. And I will say unto you that many shall come forth, the east and the west, and shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into the outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as soon as thou hast believed, it shall be done unto thee. And his servant was healed within the same self hour. Okay, so many of us all fall into a situation where something happens. We have a financial issue, we have trouble come upon us, we have a health issue, and we go to the Lord. Now there's different kind of ways that we approach the Lord. And one of the ways is, is... We start begging and pleading. Oh, Lord, please, you got to fix this. I'm in so much trouble. And we explain to him in various details all the situation we're in. You know, we keep talking over and over and try to work it up. And we're almost like we're trying to convince him that he needs to help us. That the situation is so dire, he's the only one that can help you know, it's like we're on the floor of Shark Tank. We've got to convince them that we need the loan and, and you know, for them to come join our team. And this is what we're doing to God. We're trying to bring him on board. Another way that we might look at it is, is well, Lord, I have this problem. And if it's your will, then okay, that'll be fine. We'll do that. If, if you want to help me, that, that's okay. I will really appreciate it. And we have a really, you know, there's no way to put it. It's just a real lack of faith. You have no idea what God's will is. You have no idea if God will help you or not because you have no idea how God operates. So you just have a very nonchalant, well, I'll throw it out there. I'll throw it up against the wall and see if my prayer sticks. And then the third situation we might get ourselves into is a, a very dismissive way. We talked about um, double-mindedness a couple weeks back. And now we have a, a plan B. So if God doesn't come through, well, we can do this. Something else can happen. We can, uh, you know, work it out on our own. You know, even though that God's working, we don't see really anything happens yet, we're already working on something else. And if, you know, God doesn't do it, I'm not going to be mad, but okay, God didn't come through. This is not how we are supposed to operate. We are supposed to know what God's will is. The thing is, we shouldn't be just throwing things out there willy-nilly and, and seeing if it's God's will. We know what God's will is. God tells us what his will is. He tells us he wants to give us the desires of our hearts. He tells us we are supposed to be healed, happy, whole. He tells us that he is our source. So if he tells us these things, God cannot lie. 
So we know this to be fact. Why are we being so willy-nilly about what we're asking for? The Word tells us that God knows what we are going to ask for before we ever mutter the words. God knows the beginning from the end. He knows every step of our life from the time we were conceived till the time that we die. So why are we wondering if he's going to do it? And thirdly, why are we being dismissive? Why are we taking an answer that we know is supposed to be yes and amen and we get something other than that and we say, well, that's okay. It's not okay because there is something wrong and it's not God's fault. God didn't overlook us. God didn't change the path. God didn't forget about us. God's not playing favorites. If God didn't answer your prayer and it's something that is in his will, that we know is in his will because it's in his word that he told us that we know is an absolute fact, then the problem lies with us. God, through Jesus, gave us more than one way to receive what we need. And many times, we are asking and asking again and asking again for something that we either already possess or has already happened. So let me ask you this. When do you receive your prayer? When you pray that prayer, asking for something from God, when do you receive it? Let me give you a, a, a real world example. We can go to God in prayer for anything. And there's many different ways that he can handle it. Jesus did more than just give us the ability to talk to God directly. Jesus did more than just give us salvation and provide us a way into heaven. Through the blood of Jesus, through his sacrifice on the cross, he gave us authority. When you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you are now a member of the kingdom of heaven. And with that comes authority. It comes privileges. It comes things that only being part of the family can have. people that live in your house with you they have rights and privileges to be in that house could you imagine if you're married and you're living with your spouse in your house let's say that it was belonged to one person before the other that they had the house um, and then they get married so the other spouse moves into the, the house so they live together of course that's how how life works marriage works so they're both in the house. Could you imagine, though, that if there wasn't this equality of authority, if it wasn't an equal 50-50, and both had the rights and privileges of what it was to be in the house, could you imagine being at work, and every time the spouse calls up and says, do you mind if I go to the bathroom? A little bit later, 
do you mind if I use the stove? I, I need to wash my hands. Would that be okay? I, I'd like to go out into the backyard and, and sit in the sun. Is that all right? That sounds ridiculous. And of course, we would get tired of that really fast. Do what you want. It's your house. But we kind of treat God the same way. We already have rights and authority that was given to us through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And yet, we are still asking permission for each and everything we're already allowed to do. We're asking for help for things that we're already entitled to by authority. We have the authority. We see examples of the apostles. They go out and they're doing the things that were Jesus doing. They was raising the dead, healing the sick. There's even uh, one point where they, they talk about other people that were doing this. It wasn't even part of the group. They're just out there doing it in the name of Jesus. Because we have the authority to do so. Jesus tells us that you will do the things I did and do things that were greater than I did. Because we have the authority to do so. And it circles back to faith. We've talked about it before. You pray for something. And it don't happen. So you go to the Lord again. Well, maybe you didn't hear me the first time, so I'm going to remind you that we're going to pray it again. We're going to pray it again. We're going to pray it again. Stop doubting God. We see this man, he has such faith. He knows that all Jesus has to do is say it and it'll be done because he has total authority. Why are we not taking advantage of that authority? When we pray, God knows what we're going to say before we ever say it. God is already working out the details. You know, I have to wonder, is it how far in advance has he happened to put the plan together? He knows what our life is going to be from the beginning to the end. So he knows before we ever have the problem. He knows before we ever hit our knees. He knows before we ever uttered the words. And there's already a plan in place. We're just giving him the authority to go ahead and act on our behalf. We're allowing him to come into the world that Adam turned over to Satan and to do his work, to do, unleash his power. Stop doubting. When we pray our prayer, consider it done. 
And of course, we're all human. We want to worry. We want to doubt. But don't let that doubt, don't let that fear, don't let that worry get the better of you. Don't let it steal the miracle that's already in place. Don't let it steal the blessing that's already in place. Turn to praise. Lord, I know that you're taking care of my problem. I know that when I pray that you hear me and it is done. Your answer is yes and amen. You say yes, I say amen. That puts it in agreement. And I may not know the timing because your will is perfect. Your timing is perfect. But I have faith to know that you are doing things in my best interest. And I have to rely on you totally and completely. And Lord, I praise you that you are handling my situation. I know that no weapon, form, uh, no weapon formed will come against me because I am under your protection. We need to take advantage of all these beautiful gifts that Jesus died and given us. This great inheritance that we can take advantage of now. So many times we see that the work on the cross was nothing more than a trip into heaven. Something that we're going to cash in on well into the future. There's people out there that they are waiting. They're waiting to join a church. They're waiting to accept Jesus. They're waiting to take salvation. They're waiting to turn their life around because they think that when they make these decisions, when they, when they make these choices, that when they say that it's going to put restrictions on them, that they're not going to be able to live their lives to the fullest because they have all these restrictions, all these things to abide by. And that's the lies that Satan tells us. And that's what they want to do. He wants to make it think that this is all just smoke and mirrors. It's all repressed. It's all demeaning. That being a Christian means to suffer and to have things difficult and to be in poverty and to be just not very good. That we're just suffering through this life to get into the next. That is not the case. There are so many things that we can be taking advantage of right now. Yes, heaven is wonderful. Heaven is in the future. Heaven is a place that we are all going to be ecstatic to get there. But what's the hurry? Because we can have a good life right here on earth right now because God wants us to. And all we have to do is exercise our authority. All we have to do is have faith. Accepting Jesus Christ, entering into the kingdom of heaven, it's not a restriction. It's opening up a whole new world. Bow with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to get into your word today, Father. Father, I know that there are so many 
things that Satan uses to, to come against us to to discredit you, Father, discredit the kingdom, discredit Jesus, and just make things seem that they are are better the way they are. You know, we want and people want to live the life that they have right now. Father, I ask that, that hearts and minds be open, Father, to see how much better life can be, Father. And even for the ones that's accepted Jesus, whether it be recently or, or many, many years ago, Father, that still even know that you that people walk a a life that has you in it and, and has a, a church life, Father, that it could, it could still be more. That your source is everlasting and overflowing, Father. And we all need more of it. Father, I pray for strength for all of us today, that we can overcome Satan, that we can overcome the temptations, that we can over take off the blinders that's been put over our eyes for all these years, Father. Father, I pray for the ones that's on the verge of making decisions, that are, are sitting there, that are thinking about that they need to be in your presence, that they need to be in church, that they need to belong some better, that these shackles that's holding them back, that the excuses that come time after time can be broken and destroyed and put away and overcame, and that lives can start to be changed for the good. And also, Father, that we have the strength to be able to share this with others, that others will be able to see it and to hear it, and we'll be strong in the times when we have the opportunity to share your son, to share what he's done in all of our lives, Father, and to share what he's going to do for us. Father, even myself, we so many times we talk about the past tense, but I know that there are so many more things on the horizon that Jesus is still with us here each and every day and providing just so much for us. And we are so thankful for that, Father. We ask you just to, again, Father, just to break these chains and it'll help us to overcome. In the name of Jesus, we ask these things. Amen. Page 375 in your hymnal, please. You'll please stand.